we are back, Devils on the Rush, Season 2, Episode 5. We've had some time off here. How's everything going, Alex? Uh, pretty good. Dog days of summer. Yeah, I've just basically been sitting in my house waiting for the Devils to acquire a goalie, but it hasn't happened to this point, so I'm starting to wonder if it's going to happen at all. Um, but summer's been good so far. Yeah, when is that Tom Fitzgerald press conference going to happen? Yeah, I mean, if it hasn't, I think he might as just might as well just wait until training camp at this point. We're close enough to we're close. I think we're just about as close to training camp as we are to free agency. Just to, getting close to that point, so might as well just wait yeah. until the middle of September. All right. Well, let's you know before we get into hockey, let's let's cross a few things off here. Um, have you seen Barbie? I did. It was really good. Uh, I saw. I did the whole Barbenheimer experience. I did Oppenheimer at ten thirty in the morning uh, last Sunday, and then Barbie at like three with Shake Shack. Oh, you did the re- you did the reverse. Yeah. Oh, we, okay. We all Oppen, decided. Yeah, we decided. Oppen Barbie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did the Barbenheimer on Sunday. Yeah, we did it oh, just this past Sunday. Yeah, I Barbie six point five. Ken stole the show. Yeah, plot Ryan was Gosling a little weak for me. Yeah, yeah got. Well, I mean, um, plot was. I mean, it's, yeah, it's not supposed to be anything kind of crazy, but Barbie was a solid eight for me, and then Oppenheimer was like a nine point five out of ten. Yeah, I had Oppenheimer at nine point five. Really yeah. blew my shorts off. Yeah, it was. Um, it's up there for one of Nolan's best films for sure. And I like yeah. that the last hour of that movie was pretty incredible. After, the, well, I don't want to spoil it. I mean, how many spoilers could you have about an Oppenheimer movie? But yeah, so many hour, great performances too. Yeah, Robert Downey was pretty fantastic. Obviously, Killian Murphy's deaf. I would be surprised if he didn't win best actor whenever they decide to do the oscars um yeah i forget the guy's name but he was the one that played the prosecutor i thought he had a really good performance too um you hated him on screen but yeah really. I, I don't remember what his name is either but yeah he was really good too yeah there wasn't yeah. a bad performance in that movie no if i had to pick one emily blunt yeah uh, no i thought she, i mean she, apparently Oppenheimer's wife that she played like he she was kind of you know a little crazy um so I think she kind of, yeah she kind of played the part well um I mean Florence Pugh was in it for like a little bit and she phenomenal like, crushed yeah, it her, she, had she like crushed a, her scenes she kind of had she didn't have that big a role but it was kind of important to the movie so she was really good. It was just like, I mean, Casey Affleck just dropping in out of nowhere. Huge. I mean, out of nowhere. Like 10 seconds, but huge moment in the film. Uh, I mean, Gary Oldman dropping in there for like a couple of seconds too. Huge part also. He was fantastic. So he just needs, uh, he just need. I think he's almost been every ally. Yeah, he's played he's every ally be, leader. Has he played FDR? No, he's got to play FDR. Yeah, right. So he's played Churchill. He's done Truman. He just needs to do FDR at this point. And why not? If, you know, if Nolan decides to do an FDR biopic, done. sign him up. Book Gary it. Oldman. Gary Oldman. Yeah, for FDR. All right. All right. Uh, and have you um, anything else going on? I mean, the no. Yankees are awful. The Mets yeah, are awful. Yeah, I mean, awful. I'm a Chicago Cubs fan, and they somehow turned into buyers into like a two-week span. Uh, the Yankees – I don't know. I saw they made like a trade for a middle infielder that people were just like, why are you even doing this? I don't know who he is. I don't know why they're buying. I think they're kind of out of it at this point. Uh, 
they, they got some issues there, and the Mets just did a complete fire sale of their roster. But the yeah. Mets did well. They got a lot of good prospects out of them. What they did selling-wise, because they kind of bought some of these prospects, but they still have, have like five top 100 prospects now, so they did pretty well for themselves. And we have hard knocks next week. Uh, right. I think we got two Jets fans here, so very yeah. excited about that. Yeah, I'm interested to see what uh, you know Aaron Rodgers and all that looks like. I mean, they got the first preseason game is Thursday, right? They've been crushing social media, every aspect of it. Yeah, their social has been really good. Um, And then, yeah, we get the Hall of Fame game on Thursday. They get to open up preseason action this year, so get to see Zach. Apparently, apparently, this undrafted wideout's been really making an impression. Yeah, Jason Brownlee or whatever his his name is. He had like a crazy catch in practice today. Yeah, so that'll be interesting to see in Hard Knocks. I'm sure he's going to be, you know, one of the hyped. Yeah, in the first episode, I would imagine. All right, did we cover everything? Yeah, non devil stuff. I think we got that all out of the way. <laughs> okay, good. All right, let's uh, let's move on to the first signing that we haven't covered, and that is Tomas Nosik. Uh, he is from the Boston Bruins. Um, Seems to be a pretty big guy, 6'3", 205, um, solid fourth liner, um, adding some depth on the on the wing. Alex, uh, initial thoughts on this one? Yeah, so he's basically a fourth-line center, uh, nothing more than that, but he's pretty good at what he does. Um, he was at like 59% on face-offs this past season, and he took a lot of them. Um, I think it was like 54.5% or somewhere around there for his career. Uh, he's got a good defensive impacts, um, kind of an offensive black hole, but that's not really important with a player like him. He's, he can win faceoffs. He's good defensively, and he'll play on the penalty kill for sure. You know, I mean, they had um they had a media availability with him, so he's definitely going to figure into the roster somehow. I would imagine he's a regular, and you know. Obviously, there's we're still waiting on this 2018 WJC report. Some together. would say this is Michael McLeod insurance. Yeah, I mean him and Chris Tierney signing. Both some would say, I'm you yeah. know, some would say it sure looks like it could be because I mean, even though Nosek can play the wing, he's really primarily been a center for the last two years. So I don't know, maybe the Devils know something we don't. I don't know, but. That report has supposedly been coming out for – it's getting close to coming out for a while now. And maybe – I don't know what's going on there. I guess we just have to wait and see. But he's definitely insurance in case, in case McLeod's not in the picture anymore. So did we ha- – so our fourth – let's say McLeod, you know, everything's good. Our fourth line could potentially have two top ten centermen from the draw? Yeah. Um, on yeah, the I same mean- line? Yeah, if McLeod's still in the picture, um, you're going to have Nosek shift the left wing, and you'll have Bastion on right wing. First of all, it'd be a pretty big fourth line. Uh, Nosek's not the fastest guy in the world, but neither is Bastion, and he's been able to hold up fine in the system, so I'm not really too concerned about that. But yeah, I mean, you know, if McLeod gets tossed out of the faceoff circle, you have Nosek to go in there, and you got a guy who's 55, almost 55% for his career. So, uh, yeah. He play, does he. PK is he a good PK? Yeah, yeah, he will play shorthanded. He's he's played he played quite a bit on the penalty kill for the Bruins and even Vegas when he was with them. So well, that's good news because uh, losing Sharon Govich, um, I think we definitely lost a key piece to the penalty kill. I think uh, his impact was a little unheralded uh, throughout the season, but he he was a great penalty killer and even potted a couple shorties. 
Yeah, uh, I don't know if Nosek will be as much of a threat to score shorthanded as Sharon Govich. Oh, absolutely not, but, it, but you know, definitely better from the dot though. Yeah, for sure, and he'll also just—he's just a good penalty killer, so it's a bit of a Sharon Govich replacement in that regard. And he's a big boy. I love. Yeah, size. he's a big boy. Yeah, so yeah. They, that fourth line, even if you know it's Nosek shifting to center and Nolan Foot on the wings, still going to have some bigger players on that line. Speaking of size, baby, we're balling. Kevin Ball is back. 6'6", 230, big hulk of a man, the destroyer of the New York Rangers. Kevin Ball is back for another two seasons at a very team-friendly 1.05, I believe, AAV. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, listen, it, he might be a top four. He might be a bottom two. But he's a key part of this defense, and it's great to have him back. Yeah, that was basically the last bit of business that the Devils had to take care of, you know, housekeeping-wise uh, this offseason. So they got it done. Uh, I'm not surprised by the price. You know, his uh, contract projection on Evolving Hockey was $954,400. So he basically signed right on par with what he was projected for. Um, you know, we'll see how he develops over the next couple of years, but he took a big step forward in 2022, 23, and he showed that you know, he's probably ready for a regular role, even if it's just in the, on the third pair this coming season. Um, I would assume that now with Ryan and Graves in Pittsburgh, that ball's going to get some time on the penalty kill as well. Um, I, he's probably even the candidate to play alongside John Marino. If Ruff wants that kind of shutdown pair, that he had with Gray's, but I would have to think Luke Hughes is the favorite for that spot um, anyway. Um, so if, even if Ball's on the third pair with Colin Miller, that's still a pretty good third pair to have. You have two solid defensive uh, defensemen there, and Miller can move the puck a little bit better than Ball, too. So um, as for Ball, yeah, I mean, we'll see how his defensive impacts improve. Uh, you know, I wrote about it a little bit this morning is that um, one of the things that Ball has really improved with since making his debut in 2020 um, is that he's been able to defend the rush much better than he did a couple of years ago. Like the game is not as fast for him anymore. And I think he makes better decisions defending the rush. I think he even kind of mentioned that in his press conference today that uh, he knows when to like go for the hit or when to drop back into the corner. Um, It's just a matter of, you know, him getting more mature as he plays more NHL games. Yeah, and also I think uh, he strikes a little bit of fear in the opponent. Uh, no one wants to meet him in in the neutral zone or, or along the boards because uh, he's shown time and time again that he'll lay the lumber. Yeah, I mean he's six foot six, two hundred thirty pounds, and he moves pretty well. Like you might not, you might look at him and think, "Oh, this guy can't skate," but he's a pretty good skater for someone his size. And if he wants to put a hit on someone, he'll probably get on them quicker than they might anticipate. Yeah, um, and now I guess, you know, now that he's solidified his defensive game, hopefully he can add on a little bit more on the offensive side. Yeah, I'm not sure how much, you know, offensive upside he really has. Um, He'd probably never be a big point producer, but he can move the puck kind of well, I think. At least he has that kind of upside because he skates well. Uh, I don't think he's – I mean, I'd have to go look this up, but he doesn't strike me as someone who's just going to – fling the puck off the glass every time to get out of the defensive zone. I mean, you can't re- really do that in Lindy Ruff's system. Like, you have to be able to make clean breakouts, and I think he has that upside in him. Time will tell, but glad to have him back. 
Yeah, for sure. I wasn't, you know, I, I don't think it was ever a worry, but, um, yeah. you know, I thought I'm just it was glad actually it gonna, wasn't like a dr- dog, you know, drag out fight type of thing. Yeah, I didn't think it was going to be that either. I just thought it would come like closer to training camp because I figured that they wanted to leave some cap space to figure out the goalie situation first. But after signing him now, they only have like a little bit over $1.9 million in cap space. So it makes me wonder if like uh, they Tom Fitzgerald is just kind of like, well, you know, I think the goalie market didn't really play out the way we were thinking it was going to this summer. So we're just going to run it back with VTech and Akira and we'll have Eric Chalgren, you know, as the third guy in Utica. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Let's do it. Yeah. I mean, I got no problem with running it back with uh, VTech and Akira because Akira kind of looks like he's ready for the NHL and you know, he doesn't have to play like – it just makes McKinnon's comments like sit in the back of your mind, though. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm sure they're still trying. As just like you know, after I guess this would be a good segue. I mean, Jeremy Sawyer's arbitration award came out today, and it was because it's NHL arbitration, and they always just split the difference without really seeming to put any thought into it. He got three point four seven five million dollars on a one year deal. He'll be a restricted free agent again next summer, but with that contract. The Bruins are, I think, I think they have like four hundred, five hundred thousand dollars in cap space with twenty-three man roster. So if they even want to just free up a little bit of space, all they can do is send someone down to Providence in the AHL, when run a twenty-two man roster, and they have the cap space to do it. So I, they don't have to trade Swayman or Olmark anymore. I, I think if you know the Devils were going to get one of these guys. It would have happened by now, but now, especially after Swayman's arbitration award, it's just that the Bruins don't have to trade one of them because they have the cap space to keep both, at least for now. Yeah, but if you're them, like trade one of them to get picks, like that. Yeah, that I mean, the thing is, that team is not terrible. Good. Not terrible. I shouldn't say terrible, but you know, losing Patrice Bergeron's huge, obviously, and it doesn't. I, I haven't seen an official announcement about David Krejci, but it, I. People seem to think he's not. Yeah, I don't think you're going to get an official announcement. I think Krejci's just going to fly under the sun and just like. Yeah, he might. Maybe he's going to go back to Czechia and play another season there. But uh, I mean, their center, their top line centers, their top two centers now are Pavel Zaka and Charlie Coyle, which is not great. Um, We've done that once before. Yeah, they've done the, that. The, I mean, the thing is, the Bruins got at least David Pasternak and Marsha, and those guys can just kind of like cook on um, Zaka's wing. Zaka never really had that um, with the Devils, unfortunately for him. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, if the Bruins, if they want to get like a center or something like that, they would have to trade one of their goalies to make free up cap space for it. But maybe they're just content with going into the season with this team. I have no idea. Um, uh, if we'll see what happens, but I think after today, I feel like getting Ulmark or Swayman's probably pretty unlikely at this point. Don't forget, they also lost Taylor Hall in right. shedding cap space. Yeah, traded him to Chicago and, ta- and, and Pertuzzi. Yeah, they they lost a lot of contributors on their team for sure, and you know, not to we don't want to turn into a Boston Bruins you know podcast here, but they they're definitely a prime candidate to get bumped out of the, of the playoff spot in the Atlantic with Ottawa and Buffalo coming up, especially Buffalo. So we'll see what happens with them. But as far as the Devils and trying to acquire Swayman and Ulmark, I I wouldn't say it's dead in the water right now, but I think it's kind of unlikely after the arbitration award. Yeah. All right. Should we get to it? Uh, yeah. 
of what are we getting into here? Are we getting into the top 10 list right now? Yeah. You think, yeah, is it time? Right, let's get into it. All right. Um, NHL Network uh, recently dropped uh, a pipeline ranking by four teams, and the Devils were ranked fifth, which is, you know, no surprise. The pipeline is very strong. Uh, we do expect a lot of these to actually graduate this year. Um, but it was a little bizarre. Uh, I thought the rankings were a little weird. Um, they did omit Alexander Holtz. I mean, are we in agreement that he's still a prospect? I mean, for me, he is. I, when I did my top 10 prospects for Infernal Access. I mean, if Graham Clark's a prospect, Holtz is still a prospect. Yeah, I mean, I guess I don't know what their criterion is for prospect. I mean, maybe they looked at the fact that he has 28 NHL games to his name already, and they're like, I don't know what their cutoff is, but for me, that's not enough to say he's not a prospect and he's still only 21 years old. So when I saw that list, I I thought that they just omitted him because of the criterion that they had, like they had some criterion like that. Like I, I couldn't imagine him not being on a top 10 list when Chase Stillman and Zakhar Bardakov are on it. Like Bardakov is a nice prospect, but like, is he really better than Holtz at this point? No. So I'm thinking they had like some criterion where, you know, he just didn't meet, he didn't meet the requirements to get on a top 10 list, which I found kind of weird. If he did meet the requirements, where would you have had him? I would have had him third. You know, I still think, I still believe in his upside. I would have had him behind Luke Hughes and Simone Nemitz. Um, I think, and then I guess what? Who did they have uh, fourth? Was the I can I can run through the list and then no, let's pick it, right it apart. Well, yeah, so let's well, yeah, for our there. listeners, for our yeah, listeners, yeah. just in case. So they they have Luke Hughes at one, no surprise there. Simone Nemec at two, Seamus Casey at three, Artseni Grutsuk at four. Did I do that well? Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> Tapias Villian at five, um, prospect that showed up at the prospect camp and. It turned a lot of heads, right? Yeah. Uh, six, Josh Philman. Um, seven, Chase Stillman. Eight, Lenny Hamiaho. Yeah, Hamiaho. Yeah, apparently that's yeah. a long. It's an ooh at the end. I was watching the ha- World Junior ha- Summer thing. Say that yeah. one more time. Haminahu. Haminahu. Yeah, yeah <laughs> basically. All right, cool. That's going to become a thing. Uh, <laughs> Graham Clark at nine and Zakhar Barbakov at 10. Bardakov. Yeah, <laughs> but whatever. <laughs> Bardakov at 10. All right. Um, I'll be frank. I, I didn't know about number 10, Zakhar. So yeah, he was the seventh-round pick in the t- either the 2022 20, or 21 class. I think it was the 21 class. Yeah, so I mean, like, realistically, you know, Lenny's probably a little bit lower because he was drafted in the second round, and we don't know about him too much. But um, what what tournament's going on right now? There's the World Junior Summer Showcase. Um, it's okay. like a, it's pretty big deal, and there's the Halinka Gretzky Cup that's going on too right now. Well, whatever one he's playing in, he's showing up and he's making an impression uh, on yeah, a, what some, seems uh, to be a weak nice Finn side. Yeah. Yeah, the yeah. finished team is not as good this time around. So good for him. Uh, he's turning heads, and uh, it, it looks like another nod to our European scouting department, which seems to just be off the freaking charts. 
Yeah, they had a first-round grade on him. I think Mark Dennehy had said that after the draft, uh, that their scouting department had a first-round grade, uh, first round grade on him. So they might be on to something for sure, especially if his skating improves. Uh, he looks like he could be playing in a Devils uniform in a few years from now. Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously we have extremely high hopes for Luke Hughes and Simone Nemich. Um, talk a little about Seamus Casey. I mean, he is at the same showcase and yeah. apparently he's just tearing it up. Yeah. He's had some pretty nifty offensive plays. Um, if you've seen them on, uh, Twitter or now called X apparently. Um, and then he's Twitter. laying out people. He's five foot nine, 160 pounds or whatever. And he's, putting on some pretty big hits too. I think he, he, I don't remember who it was, but he just laid out some, play. it was Jesse Kieskinen on team Finland. He open ice hit and center ice. Um, kid wasn't looking up and Seamus Casey caught him. It was a clean hit from the looks of it too. So um, you don't expect that from him. Cause that's not really his game, but it shows that he's capable of it. Call him up. I love it. I yeah. love it. He's going to, I mean, he's got a bark, baby. He's got a bark. And losing all the, you know, Luke Hughes and some of the other talent they had on the back end. He should have a pretty big role for the Wolverines this coming season. So it'll be interesting to see how he looks as a sophomore. Number one PP? Uh, Yeah, he should. I don't know Michigan's roster that well off the top of my head, but yeah, he should probably be a candidate to run their first power play unit. That'd be a great showcase for him. Yeah, for sure. Arteni Gratuk, uh, the great white buffalo almost, like, right? Like, he's got these, like, incredibly sexy Instagram photos. Uh, he lights up the KHL, but, like, he's so far away. And, like, Devils fans are like, oh, yeah, this guy's going to be awesome. Like, I mean, yeah, well, look what happened with Goose. So, like, I uh, I still hold my breath a little bit. But Arteni Gratuk is the hottest thing Devils fans have never seen. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and he's still two years away from coming over. Um, he's, his KHL contract runs for two years. Uh, he's switching from Avangard Omsk to Scott St. Petersburg for this coming season, the best team in the KHL. So that should be a nice bump for him. He's going to play with some of the best players in the KHL, um, assuming that he gets the ice time that he should get. I mean, he scored 40 points in 66 games last year for Omsk, so he should still be a middle six contributor for St. Petersburg. Yeah. I mean, we'll just, he was going to come over um, this year. If, you know, he got stuck with avant-garde Omsk. I think his agent had tweeted it or something like that, that he would have chosen the devils to come over now instead of doing another two years with avant-garde Omsk. Um, but he found a deal with St. Petersburg and it should be good for his development. Um, so still two years away, but if he, you think over, he would have been, it was he old. Is he, I mean, he's obviously old enough for the A, right? Yeah, he's 21. Um, so do you think he would have done, like, in my opinion, I, I'd rather have him at the A, right? At the A. Yeah, he would have been, if he came over to North America this year, he probably would have been playing in Utica. Yeah, um, I think that would have been, I mean, probably would have lit it up, right? Is yeah, that I what we're think, expecting? You know, I, I mean, do we, do we think he's top nine forward for the Devils? Yeah, point. sure. I mean, if he blows up with St. Petersburg this year, um, like if he, if he suddenly becomes a point-per-game player, then you just have to start thinking, like, this guy could be a top-six option. Okay, so we're not at Capriol Kaprizov yet. No, definitely not there yet. Okay, but we're at... Um, I don't know. That's a good question. I'm trying to think of, like, a KHL comparison for him. 
because he's still pretty Don't young. Give me, just give me an NHL comparison. Where, like, where, where, where do you? Oh, I don't do even know it? what type of game he plays. Honestly, like he's kind of a, a unique player. Um, is he just yeah. a strictly a sniper? Like, I mean, his shot speed? is definitely above NHL average. I don't know if his skating's like. I don't think he's like a burner or anything like that. But I think he's a pretty good skater. Uh, his playmaking numbers seem pretty good too from his KHL point totals. But his shot is really, I think, his uh, strength of his game. Yeah, I mean, I love it. You just send me like random Russian hockey accounts uh, yeah. with uh, Gritsuk highlights, and I'm just like, yeah, I'm yeah. sweet. Actually, I'm pretty what, sure what's this guy coming over. Him and Bardakov will be teammates this season. I'm pretty sure Bardakov is St. Petersburg too, so they can be playing together. Can't wait for some more random Twitter Russian accounts. Yeah. Should be seeing Devils fans will definitely be keeping an eye on that this coming season <laughs> since two of their top prospects are going to be in Russia. Are we going to do a top 10 uh Russian hockey Twitter accounts? Uh, I mean, I can only think of like two, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, let's move down the list to Pius Villian. Realistic, what are we thinking? Probably bottom pair defenseman, but he did take a Pretty big step forward in Finland last season, and now he's making the transition from Finland to Utica, where he'll be on North American ice for the first time. There's always a bit of a transition when that happens. Um, he's already got an NHL size. He's like 6'1", 195 pounds. Pretty good skater. Uh, he's got some puck moving upside. He looked pretty good for Finland at the World Junior uh, last year. Um, and he's slowly risen from fifth round pick to a pretty solid prospect for the Devils. I think what they had him at five or six right on that list. Five, top. five. I think that's a little high, honestly. But he'd definitely be when I did. The I mean, is it is it the pop from the prospect camp? It's got to be the pop from the prospect camp. Yeah, that's definitely possible. Um, also, because he's been playing pro hockey in Finland for three years, so that might be a bit he's of a been, fact. As they say, he's been playing with men. Yes, that's right. He's been playing the same against- man Kako played with. Yes, exactly. And it looks like one might end up being better than the other, but time will tell on that. Um, yeah, Villain is uh, he's a good prospect. Um, you know, it's another late round find from the Devils scouting staff that's turned into a legitimate prospect for them. And I think he probably will definitely play NHL games at some point. I mean, it's crazy. On this list, they have. Uh, one, two, th- three, f- four late round picks, five yeah. and beyond in their top 10. But at this, first of all, and, and honestly, it might be more because, uh, number seven, we'll get to in a second, shouldn't even be on this damn list, but, um, let's move down to number six. Uh, Josh Philman. Am yeah. I saying that? F- yeah, that's right. Yep. That's Philman. right. Um, um 2022 six-round pick winger plays in the Q? WHL with the WHL. Broncos. Um, had okay. 47 goals last season. This um, in the wag of stick, huh? What was it? He, oh, bless you. Um, but, yeah, he had a really good season with the Swift Current Broncos. Um, it's kind of the Devils got pretty good value with him at the 166 pick because he was ranked 75th in Bob McKenzie's rankings for the 22 draft. Um, Bobby so, Margarita. Yeah, so I don't know what he was doing all the way down at 166. Um, maybe it's because he was like 160 pounds at six foot two. Um, maybe that has something to do with it. I don't know, but that was a good pick. 
for the Devils, and he said at uh, prospect or development camp that uh, he's put on 15 pounds of weight since the W and a WHL season ended. So he's probably around 175 at this point. He's not eligible for the AHL yet, so he's going back to Swift Current Broncos for another year. Um, and you know, with the added size, I would expect another big year from him. And then once he's done with this WHL season, he'll be eligible to play for the Comets. Um, you know, it could be at sometime at the end of the 2023-24 season. So this kid's got a bright future. Yeah, I definitely see potential middle six option with him, uh, middle six scoring option. Uh, and once he fills out his frame, he should have pretty good size. He's already 6'2". It's just about putting more weight on his frame. All right. I mean, all right, here we go. Number seven. Yeah. Chase Stillman. Yeah, I mean. Floor is yours, Alex. The floor yeah, is yours. Like, I, when I did, I didn't even consider him for the top 10 of, when I did the top 10 prospect list for Infernal Access. I think he's just there because he's a previous first round pick. But, I mean, he did not have a good D plus two season in the OHL this year. Just 48 points in 59 games and. And he it was decent in the playoffs for Peterborough. They ended up making a run and winning the OHL and getting to the Memorial Cup. But you know the thing I is, I just like, drove through Peterborough. Oh, I was I don't know anything about Peterborough. It was a nice town. There's not much there. Don't worry. Oh, okay. So I guess I'm not missing much. That's good. No, um, I drove so four anyway. hours north of Toronto this last weekend. Oh, oh, that's right. Yeah, you were going. Uh, uh, did you see Pierre LeBron at the cottage? Yeah, him and Bobby, Margs, Darren Drags, they were all there. Yeah, yeah, all at cottage season. That's nice. But, um, you should have asked them when the Devils are getting a, a goalie. Come on, man. We missed opportunity for inside info here. Uh, sorry. I was yeah. just, you know, yeah, the margaritas right. were flowing. <laughs> uh, but back to Chase Stillman. Yeah, I mean, he's just yeah, – I know he wasn't necessarily drafted to be a scorer. Um but I mean, he's got a. He still has to produce at the OHL level, and it's not been there to this point. So, I mean, he's obviously top twenty prospect for the Devils. There's no doubt about that. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't have him in the top ten. Like there's, like there's other prospects that I think are ahead of him at this point. I mean, Bardakov could be one. I mean, Petter Hauser, who's not on that list, who's been kind of lighting it up in Czechia. Um, Daniel Misuel is coming to you know the and AHL this season. I'm excited to see him. Yeah, it's tough to know what he's going to be like because KHL defenseman. He didn't put up points in the KHL, but KHL defenseman, young ones like him, they usually don't get much ice time. So just he's for sure intriguing. Um, but yeah, Chase Dumman is is not a tough for me to be a top ten prospect. You have to have like top nine upside, and I just don't see it with him. He's probably I think you're lucky if he's a fourth liner at this point. What a wasted pick! Yeah, I'm pretty sure the CHL scout was who was you know I think kind of batted for Stillman. I don't think he's with the Devils anymore after that pick. That's what I had seen on Twitter, but I don't know if that's true or or not. So would make sense because they they missed on guys like Logan Stenkoven and Owen Zellweger, um, you know, in that class that went after Stillman. And if they had if they had Stenkoven in their their prospect pool, I mean, my God, this team would be in really good shape. Like they are already in really good shape, but Stenkoven would be like a legit like one or top three prospect, I guess, because the Devils still have Nemitz and Hughes. Um, so missing on that would 
might be something that bites them in a few years from now. All right. The last one on the list that we haven't really touched on, Graham Clark. Um, yeah. 2019, third round pick, you know, from all accounts, got a wicked shot. Are we going to see him at some point this season? Yeah, I would think so. Um, you know, I don't know. I would think if the Devils don't sign another forward here, i.e. bringing back Thomas Tatar, because that's really the only thing I could see them doing at this point, it'll be Holtz and Clark battling for that last wing spot in training camp. But I would have to think that given Holtz's draft pedigree and you know, being a former top 10 pick, that he would have the leg up on Clark. But... You know, if injuries occur or something like that, or Holtz doesn't work out and he needs to go to Utica, or, you know, Clark could win that job. I mean, he looked pretty See, good. See, I know you say that, like, you know, the top 10 pedigree. I think that that's gone now. I think that's gone. I think it's mm-hmm. – I li, listen, I think they had an honest conversation after the season and said, this is the summer either – buck up or shut up type stuff, you know? So yeah. I think that's out the window. I think now it's who's ever the best person out of camp, they're getting the spot. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely possible. If Graham Clark outplays him, then, you know, you kind of have to put Clark in in that spot, I guess. I mean, he looked pretty good last preseason. He definitely looked like an improved player and it carried over into the AHL season with the comments. So... Um, yeah, I guess we'll see what happens there, but he's a legit NHL prospect too. Another, you know, good find with the Devils scouting staff in the mid rounds of I think this one was in the 2019 draft. So yeah, third round 2019. Hughes. Look at you. Yeah, that was Jack Hughes' class, and then you know you could get Graham Clark and Gritzuk out of that draft class too. So it's pretty impressive stuff. That'd be great. I mean, that could yeah. be a line. Yeah, I mean, it really could. <laughs> Um, all right. Uh, have we exhausted this list? Yeah, I don't think there's really much more to touch on it. All right. The next list. Yeah. Where should we save it for next time? Uh, I mean, if you want, uh, we could do it next time, but who knows when next time is going to be at this point. It could be old news. It's already, I think, a little bit old, so I think we should do it now. All right. Let's do it now. Devils on MSG uh, had solicited ChatGBT to give them the top 10 Devils of all time. Should I just read the list and then we can just have some fun with how stupid AI is? Uh, (laughs) It's not stupid, by the way, but this is stupid. Um, Number one, Marty Broder. I don't think that's really a surprise. Number two, Scott Stevens. I, I think we're cool there. Number three, Patty Aliash. That's up for debate in my book. Number four, Ken Danico. Get the fuck out of here. Uh, <laughs> number five, Scott Niedermeyer. Number six, John McClain. No. Number seven, Jamie Langenbrunner. Number eight, Zach Parisi. Number nine, Kirk Muller. Number 10, Bobby Holik. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot after, like, the top three where you're just like, mm, I don't know about this. Yeah. So, um, okay. I, I I think, first and foremost, Scott Niedemeyer should be number three. Yeah, I agree with that. He should be in the top three. Uh, if not number two. I mean, there's there's a real debate 
of Scott Niemeyer, Scott Niedermeyer or Scott Stevens. Yeah. But Scott Stevens wore the C, you know, it's, and Scott Stevens holds most points records still by a defenseman. Yeah. So people forget that people forget that season. Yep. Okay. So we we're in agreement. One, two, three, Marty, Scott, and Scott. Yep. I agree with that. And then Elias should stay at four for me. Well, move down to four. Yeah. Move down. Yeah. To four. You would have Elias at four. Yeah, I would. Okay, yeah, I think I, I agree with that. Now, number five, who are you putting at number five? So, like, John McClain has a lot of the scoring records with the team, so, like, I think there's a good argument. Or he, yeah, he that did. was like Kevin Love on the Timberwolves. Yeah, I know. The, they, weren't, they weren't great Devils teams, but he was pretty good. Um, so I think I would have him. I would have him at five, just... I think I don't remember what his point totals. But didn't he have like 400 goals with the Devils or something like that? Uh, let's look it up. Yeah, because I I remember he had like a couple 40 goal seasons for sure. Um, let's see, John McClain, ice hockey. Yeah, so he had 400 goals for his career. Then, so it wasn't all with the Devils because he played for a few teams after his stint with the Devils. But most of it came with New Jersey. Played for the Rangers, dude. He did, yeah. He had one good season with them, and then he started to kind of decline there. Um, so, yeah, I I guess I would still have him at five just because he's, you know, he was. I think he was one of the first team's first draft picks too, so, or one of the earlier ones at least. Um, so I would have him there. I'd keep him at five. I don't really have an issue with it. Okay. Okay. Fine. Who do you got? I mean, it's tough to not go with someone that won there and, like, had more success, you yeah, know? I mean, like, like Ben Danico being there. I mean, can – I mean, I would even throw out – and you might – Think I'm crazy here, Claude Lemieux. Yeah, that's not a bad one. I mean, he was a good player too. Um, I mean, many, and he won the Conn Smythe. Yeah, how many? How long was he with New Jersey? Um, let's uh, let's see. I think longevity is kind of, or not longevity. I just I think like tenure wise, I think that's why Chat GBT was considering some of these players. You know, who played a long time with the Devils. He played um, six seasons with the Devils. That's good enough. And uh, so hockey reference would probably be better to look up stuff like this because they give you point totals by team. So Claude Lemieux had he had two hundred ninety-seven points in four hundred twenty-three games with the Devils, one hundred forty-two which were goals. So yeah, I guess I can see the argument. For, I don't know if I would have him at five, but maybe top ten would probably be pretty reasonable for sure. Okay, fine. I'll give you Ken Danico at five. Longevity, Stanley Cups. Cups. He did win three of them. Mister Devil. Yeah, I'll give you. I'll give you Ken. Yeah, and then I would. I would have Lemieux in the top ten. I think that's pretty reasonable, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I would have him at six. He's at six yeah, for me. That's fine. I think I would yeah. have him maybe at ten. Um, nine, ten, but yeah, in, in the top ten, I think it's perfectly fine. I just loved the hockey he played. Like, I just loved yeah. him. Yeah, he was. But that's pretty... just a personal bias for me. Yeah. Um. Okay. 
I mean, so we're in we're in the six range now. Would you would you happy with? I guess McLean at some point needs to be thrown on this list. Yeah, he definitely needs to be on it at some point. The one I'm kind of really on the fringe about here is Jimmy Langenbrunner. Like, he had some pretty good seasons with the Devils. Don't get me wrong, and he's got the rings as well. I think he did get a ring in 2003, didn't he? Or did he not? Uh, no, maybe not. Rough. I don't think so. Sorry for the silence, everyone, but we, as normal... Tap dancing. So, yeah, he he was on the 2003 team. That's what I thought. Yeah. That's what the devil's longer than I thought he was. Okay, yeah, I can understand having Jimmy Lincoln Brunner then. And a captain. Yeah. All right. So no, no, never mind. Lincoln Bunner being on the list is fine, actually. I don't know if I. Yeah, seven's probably fine for him too. I got no issue with yeah. that. I didn't think All he right. was with the Devils as long as he was. Now, now, when you get towards the back half of this, now, this is when you kind of have to think: what What are we weighing here? Like personal accolades? Are we talking about just pure talent with no longevity? Like. Or, or is it someone that's been a fan favorite long time, like almost like a Bobby Holik, but he's not in my top ten, not even close. Yeah, I wouldn't have Bobby Holik in my top ten either. I think the one person I wouldn't even have Kirk Muller. Would you? Uh, that's one I'm kind of on the fence about too, because like he was really good, but like his you know success came really. I think wasn't he the last person to win a Stanley Cup with the Canadian? Like last, he was on that last Canadians team that won a Stanley yeah. Cup. Yeah, I mean, would you have Zach Parise? Yeah, I would. Zach Zach was ridiculous in his prime with the Devils. Um, had some of the best. I mean, if the- you have Kirk Muller, then do you have an argument for Ilya Kovalchuk? Um, I mean, talent wise, Kovalchuk was definitely one of the the best Devils to ever play. Um, Took him like, to a Cup final, but he's only there for what two and a half seasons before he retired, or something like that. Yeah, and I met him at Morton Steakhouse. It was it was phenomenal. Oh, did you really? I never knew that. You met yeah. Ilya Kovalchuk. Yeah. Where at the Mortons in uh, Riverside and in, in Bergen, mm-hmm. in the Riverside yep. Mall? Wow, I didn't know that. Like, I feel like this would make a good story for the podcast. Did, did you say? I, mean, I was I was at dinner with my aunt, and uh, he was there with his uh, family and two kids. Um, very quiet, unassuming. Um, I've heard that uh, he's a quiet guy. Like he, you know, really- I I didn't I didn't go up to him while he was eating or at the table. It was kind of like when he was leaving. I just said, yeah. "Hey, you know, big fan. Thanks, you know, yeah, shalom." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, that was that. Oh, okay, I thought there'd be a little more to it, but still, it's cool that you met Kovalchuk. Listen, um, I don't like. Yeah, I'm like, like that too. When I see like an athlete, I just like leave them alone. They just want to be left yeah, alone. Yeah, it's when they're with their family. If it's at a yeah. bar or something, like I met. Keith Kincaid at the Parker House, so like that's, that's cool. a whole that's a, that's completely different. Like I met Grant Marshall at a a, a bar, like a Sam Wu had like a um uh watch party once, and Grant Marshall and Colin White was there actually too. Grant Marshall's like yeah. maybe the nicest guy I've ever met in my life. Nicest really. guy ever. I yeah, sat next really- to him at some season ticket holder thing, whatever dinner. He was the guy at our table. Nice guy. Yeah, he's a really nice guy. Um, oh, that's cool. Yeah, like you back to the list. Like I think you have to give just based on the talent thing. Like Kovalchuk, you have to at least consider him because he was the best. Like at least at that time, he was the best player that Devils. I think at least forward. I think he was a better player than Eliash. Like because no one had a shot like Kovalchuk. That shot was insane. 
And he didn't he go perfect that one year in the shootout? I mean, I remember him because he would just go up with speed in the shootout and just rip yeah. a wrist shot, and like the goalies had no chance of stopping it. Um. So. So what are we doing here, right? Because and then that also begs a question: like Taylor Hall won the freaking Hart Trophy, and right? he's the only Devil to win the Hart Trophy. Yeah, and he put that team on his back. That season. like they're not making the playoffs without him. You know, Peter Sikora, too, another guy like Jeff Friesen, yeah, Alexander Mogilny. Yeah, Mogilny's another one, even though he didn't play with the Devils. That I think because Mogilny was only with the Devils for like a season and a half. You were about to throw some hate on Jeff Friesen's name. That man could score the puck. Well, yeah, but like, see, I wasn't that big a fan of the Devils back then. So, like, I don't remember what his counting calls. Dude, yeah, I would have put Jeff Friesen. He he wasn't bad, but like, he played two seasons with the Devils, and he had fifty-one points and thirty-seven points in the other season. You can't put Jeff Friesen in the top ten. I know, but I just personal fan favorite because. He was influential in the playoff run in 03. I was going to say, he was big on that 03 team. I mean, he had 10 goals. I'm looking at on his hockey DB page. He had 10 goals in 24 games in the 03 cup run. So that's pretty good. Yeah, that is good. So, like, but 10, I wouldn't put him top 10. Like, Brian Gianta, some people maybe would consider Brian Gianta because he has the 48 goal season. Um, But then again, the longevity, but like, he went four or five seasons. Uh, yeah, I think before he went to, what was it? Scott Montreal. Gomez? Nah, I, that's a tough one, too, because he won the Calder, and he, his his best years came with the Devils, too. And he won two Cups with the Devs. Gianta, man, Gianta had some good numbers with the Devils, but it was only four seasons. I don't think I'd have If you're going to put Gianta on the list, then you have to put Gomez because he won two Cups. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. and then how about, hold on, hold on. Sorry, the conversation's over. We forgot. It's Brian Rafalski. Oh, yeah, no. Brian Rafalski's at eight. Yeah. Done. Now, Brian Rafalski, I think people never, even when he was with the Red Wings, I don't think people appreciated how good this guy was. Hold on. Um, he had I would 50, have him, 500 I would have him, he, above Jamie Langebrunner. Thank you. I would have him yes. six. I would have him six. And then you have dropped down John McClain. Oh, and you have him above Claude? Yeah, I would have Brian Rafalski above Claude Lemieux. Brian Rafalski Fine. was like, so Danico five, Rafalski six. Yeah, conversation to I'll have Claude at seven. Yeah, I'd have McLean, and then you could oh, put McLean. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, so fair enough. Yeah, but um, um, yeah, back to Brian Rafalski stat attack real quick. Games played <laughs> with the Devils five hundred forty one. Um, he only had forty four goals. Yeah, but, but he had the, the, 267 the assist. assists. Yeah, he was an Three. insane playmaker from the back end. Unbelievable. Yeah. And he's got to be unbelievable hip checker too. Unbelievable hip checker. And undrafted free agent, like they just picked him out of Finland, I think, or wherever he was playing in Europe at the time, and he turned out to be like even when he retired with the Red Wings when he was like 38 years old, I think he still had like a 50 point season or something like that. Like the guy was great until his final year in the 48, NHL. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, he's got to be in the top 10. I mean, he was one of the 10 best Devils to ever. Uh, yeah. He, Two I cups. Yeah. Two cups, yeah. Yeah, so you got to have him on it for sure. Um, And then, okay. So, so I would have Parisi on it. And then Bobby Holik. Parisi's a lock for you? Yeah, I mean, Parisi, people forget how good Zach Parisi was. With the Devils, he had the 45-goal, 94-point season. I mean, he was – was he the captain on that team that went to the Cup in 
2012, he was. Right? Yeah. It just, it just, it just tastes like vinegar, though. And like, right. when you get jilted at the altar, yeah, yeah. But like he, his final season with the Devils, he had 31 goals and 69 points. Like the guy was ridiculous. Um, even you know, 2009 and 10, you know, at 38 goals, 82 points. I mean, his prime, his prime years, he was really good. You got to have Parisi on the list. And then 10, I mean, you could put like a, a whole league is not 10 for me, but like you could argue it, I'm sure. Like there you could like, you could, I think. How about me, Brian be, Ralston? Yeah, I was thinking Ralston. For me, I think 10, I'd probably be like thinking Peter Sikora. You know, he has the cups and then he came back in 2012 as a PTO. Signed oh, with no, I got 10. Who's 10? Breland. Uh, Breland's a good one too because he played his whole career with the Devils, and he's got the Three rings. Cups. Yeah, he's got the rings. I wouldn't argue with you on that. Like, I think ten is reasonable for him. But Peter Sikora was like, I know, probably Peter Sikora. Yeah, he was a good player. And even 2012, I think that was his last season in the NHL when they made the final against LA. He had 20 four goals and like 40 something points that regular season. And he just came into the team on a PTO. It's like, well, you know, you weren't probably expecting much from Sakura. I think everybody turned into like a top nine scoring option. Uh, so he left, you know, he was not with the devils obviously for a long time. Then he came back for like one last hurrah and it turned out to be a really great hurrah. I think people forget that Sakura was on that 12, 2012 team. Yeah. I forgot. <laughs> yeah, it's a good argument. That's for me. That's the thing that does it. It's like, oh, he came back for one last hurrah, and he was on that 2012 team. That All right, won. you convinced me. I'm sorry, Sergey. I know you just get so much hate because you like, or just always like the forgotten son. But yeah, it's got to be Peter Sikora. Yeah, Sikora is really good for number ten. And you just look at his whole career as an NHLer too. Like, and obviously his time with the when he skated around with the cup. Uh, I almost cried. Yeah, that was a good one. Um, so yeah, I think for me, Sakura would round out that top 10 list. All right. All right. I'm happy with this one. Um, that will do it, I guess. I mean, yeah, I can't think of any, unless something broke on Twitter while we're podcasting, but I doubt it since it's August 1st and nothing happens in the NHL in August. Nothing's happening. Uh, yeah. Well, um, I don't know the next time I'll record, probably in a yeah, week or no so or two either. weeks, but it's it's slow. But if something comes, we'll be there for you. Yeah. Um, I'll be home for the whole month of August now. I'm done traveling, so um, that's good news. So I'll be more available for you, nice. Alejandro. <laughs> um, but with that, uh, I think that's a wrap on episode five. Yeah, that's a wrap on this one. All right. Well, uh, everyone, I hope you're having a happy, healthy, and safe summer. Uh, stay out of this heat, but... Uh, you know, uh, do some outdoor activities if you can. Um, and we will talk to you next time. Let's go Devils. Let's go Devils. Devils.